Did you know Kelly Blue Book's instant cash offer helps you attract customers who are motivated to trade in or sell their vehicles? Plus, it helps you to say yes to more customers without taking on cars you can't move. Learn more about instant cash offer by contacting your Kelly Blue Book representative today. All right, let's move on to the show. Here we go. Welcome to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. My name is Michael Cirillo, and each week I sit down with the brightest minds in marketing, sales, and leadership to help you level up your career in automotive. Thank you so much for spending your time here with me today. Now let's open up the playbook. Here we go. All right, here we go, sitting down now with somebody I've been following for a little while now, watched all of the content, read all of the material, listened to the podcast. Jim Harshaw Jr., thanks so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here, man. Dude, this is uh, you know, this is subject matter. We were talking a little little bit pre-show um, that I'm super passionate about. And, and I want to kick this off kind of in a different way by giving you some background on something that recently happened to me. So... And this is like raw and real, and this is like that stuff that nobody gets to learn about on Facebook because that's only where we tell the best parts of our lives. But like, I'm sitting in church like a month ago, and I think I'm having a heart attack. And I legit pull out my phone and Google symptoms of a heart attack because I don't want to freak my wife out yet. Long story short, left me with seven hours in the hospital on my wife's birthday with no device to like occupy myself and left with my thoughts. And, and what happened is it, it, this was kind of the, the climax of a very stressful, (laughs) you know, series of events that have been going on in my life. Lots of, lots of, you know, little mini failures. It was like, dude, we're about to cross the finish line. We're about to hit the end zone, but it's like I got kicked in the balls right as we were crossing the finish line, and, <laughs> and it, you can still feel that. It hurts. Yeah. Um, and um, so I was sitting there just kind of thinking through my life and going, man, is this is this for real? Like, is this is this the way my life pans out? Like, am I going to be thinking about work every time I'm with my kids or when my wife wants to have a conversation? Am I going to be thinking about these losses that I had? Or... It, like what's going on? Am I lacking confidence in myself? Like, do I lack that I like? Am I lacking the confidence that I can sell more business or that I can, you know? And I came out of the hospital that day with a lot of interesting aha moments. And so when I when we had the opportunity here to to reach out to you, I was like, oh man, this is, I mean, this is right where where I think a lot of people need to go. Um, uh, and it's a message that a lot of people need to hear. I mean, day to day, right? Uh, there are so many people that are afraid to take action because they're afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. Well, you enter Jim Harshaw's message, right? Jim Harshaw Jr.'s message. I got to remember the junior. <laughs> um, and it's okay, you can call me Jim Harshaw. Everybody calls me Jim Harshaw. Jim Harshaw Jr. just sets me apart online a little bit. Especially, <laughs> especially your friends. They say the full name, right? With they, they don't just no, call you not, Jim. Not they call you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I want to I want to turn this over to you because your message is actually that failure is inevitable. So, 
tell us a little bit about your story, how you arrived at this, you know, understanding of failure and, um, and, um, you, you know, and also fourth ranked wrestler in the country. What, what the heck? Yeah. Once so. upon a time, I used to have it, you know, I used to have it. I'm, I'm as good as I once was. I'm, I'm, I'm as good once as I ever was like the old country song. So, right. um, so yeah, failure, you know, it's, it's, it's this thing that, that when it happens, we believe that we're not good enough or we're not smart enough or we're not capable enough. We don't think it's this thing that, that plants the seed of doubt in our minds, which, you know, which is normal. And my, my whole, my whole mission in life, Mike, now is to, is to normalize failure. I mean, it's not something we seek, but it's something that, that happens to everyone. And then when you, when you talk to people like you've had on your show, the Jill Conrad's, the Gary V's and the Grant Cardone's, they'll tell you like they've failed, right? You have these amazing guests on and, and they, they all have a story of failure. Most of them have many stories of failure and you know how this kind of bubbled up in my soul and, and in my heart is uh, really as a message was, was this, I, I had, um, I had before I get into even my, my wrestling sort of story of failure, I had a, uh, basically a story of, of failure as a public speaker. Uh, it was just sort of speaking in front of a group. I got really nervous and I was like, just like embarrassed. I was like, gosh, almighty. He's like, like everybody saw me speak a couple hundred people in the room. I was like, man, I was, I was so nervous and it was just, it was embarrassing, you know? And, and I'm like, you know, I've got to do something about this. So this failure led me to take action. And that action was signing up for Toastmasters. Have you heard of Toastmasters? It's sort of a uh, nonprofit speaking, you practice public speaking. And so, so I signed up for Toastmasters. Six months after that, uh, I'm driving to my office and I hear an ad on the radio for the Charlottesville TEDx event. And they had their sort of amazing lineup of, of speakers. And then they said, there's one community spot. In the Charlottesville TEDx event, it's telling you before we before we hit record here <clears throat> that it's one of the biggest TED events in the world, one of the biggest TEDx events in the world. And so I was like, ah, I got, I got a, you know, I kind of thought of a message in my head. I heard I heard, I heard the ad, you know, you anybody can apply and and it was like the application which is like a 2-minute video was due that afternoon. I'm like, ah, man, I don't have time. I don't have time. I got, you know, 20 hours of work to do in a 10-hour, 8-hour day. And by 3 o'clock, I'm like, you know what? I've got to do this. So I went out grabbed my phone, held it in front of my face, and recorded a quick two-minute message, submitted it. There were 65 other people who did. They chose 25 of us to sort of audition in front of a 500-person audience, and, and I got picked. I was chosen. I was the winner, right? And, and then I got to speak on the main stage and in front of a 1,000 or a little over 1,000 people, and, and, uh, and it was this, this great event that sort of propelled me into sort of public speaking and, and, and coaching and a lot of what I'm doing now. And it all started from a failure. It all started from an embarrassment. It all started from a, a, a public failure. And, and you talk to successful people, which is what I do in my podcast now, Success Through Failure. I talk to people about failure. I have amazing people on who, who you know, New York Times bestsellers and astronauts and professional athletes. And, and, we, and we all look at these people as these, these amazing pictures of perfection and they've got it all figured out and they know how to do it. Well, they don't. They don't. They stumble and they fail and they struggle and they, they still do. But oftentimes, like you said, you know, we, we see them on social media. We see them, you know, the successful people. We see them on stage, at, you know, enter, whether they're entertainers 
players. We see them on TV. If they're celebrities, you know, we see them on the field. If they're they're superstar athletes winning the championship, holding up the the the, the Stanley Cup or the Lombardi Trophy, but they are they have their lives are riddled with failure, and and that's my goal is to sort of expose that and to make people realize that your failure is normal. And so a little bit about you know how I what I talked about in my TED talk and sort of how that came about was, you know, I was a, uh, I was a wrestler, you know, I was an all, all American wrestler at one point, three time ACC champion and all American. And, uh, you know, I was one of the best in the country at what I did. And, and I realized that so many people think, ah, oh, Jim was, he's just good. He's just a good wrestler. And things kind of came easy to him. Well, they didn't, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a tremendous amount of failure that actually led to, to that ultimate success. And that's, that's what I revealed in that TED talk is, is the amount of failure that it took to get to that success. And I'm not talking about just failed, like I lost matches and it was hard. I'm like talking, put everything, blood, sweat, tears, my heart and life and everything said no to like every other activity in my life so I could become an all American wrestler. And I kept failing time after time after time. And people don't see that. People don't see the moments of, of me in the locker room in tears, right? Figuring, wondering why in the hell can't I do this? Like what's wrong with me? You know, maybe it's just not meant to be, or maybe I don't have what it takes. And, and that's what you, the listener have. You, you have that, that sense inside of you at some level of like, you know, do I really have what it takes? Well, what about that time where I failed? Or what about those 10 or a hundred times where I failed or that embarrassment? or whatever the case might be, guess what? It's normal. It's part of your path. It's part of your story. Kind of reminds me of uh, that, that, that movie that all sales teams show in their morning meetings, that clip of that final clip of the movie, Rudy, where it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's like when he's out there on the field and it's this big right. like, yeah, what they really should be showing is the the entire first part of the movie, like all of the failures, right? Because that's yeah, more the pain, that's, the suffering that goes into it. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, and I love what you're saying, to expose that failure is normal. Um, because we see the superstars. We see the the Usain Bolts of the world. We see the all-American wrestlers. We see the the astronauts and all these sorts of things. But what we don't see is the the that, how they didn't want to go to work the next day. How they're just like everyone else. Like, you know, I I watched this documentary about Usain Bolt. I think it was on Netflix. My wife and I were watching it and he's like, I hate training. He's (laughs) like, I freaking hate training. You know, I hate showing up to the track. My coach pushes me like crazy. We don't see that. We see him crossing the finish line, breaking world records, you know, kissing the gold medal and crying and waving the, the Jamaica flag around the, the, uh, stadium. And we go, Oh, I, I, I'll never be able to do that. He's right. just, he's superhuman. So All right. His training was superhuman. His, his abil- ability to deal with setback and failure and adversity, those were superhuman. You know, I mean, I always say talent is a dime a dozen. I mean, there's so many talent, talented people in the world. I mean, it's, and, and sure, yeah, some people are, are they gift? Yeah, there, there are some people that have, have gifts, but you know what? Most of those people don't have the resilience. They don't have the guts to get up after their failures and try again one more time every time. It's just, you know. Do you think that's because they I have the, harder than most wrestlers did to get to, to the level that I had to get to? Do, do you think that's just because they don't have the right motivation or no motivation? Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I, I think so there's a, there's a lot of things um, that that cause people to to not be able to deal with failure. Um, and so the way I, let me let, let me frame this in a story. So so I was a Division One All American. I was an Olympic hopeful. I was invited to live and be a resident athlete at the Olympic Training Center. Trained trained out there. I competed overseas. Cool. Uh, I eventually went on to be a, the youngest Division One head coach in the country at one point. Um, Success after success after success, right? right? Nobody knew about the failures for the most part, except for my closest friends and my family and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, and then and then I, I I go out into the world, and you know, fifteen years later, eighteen years after I'm done competing, uh, fifteen years after I was done competing, I, 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 I hit this point where I had a failed business, I had a failing marriage, I had you know, a poor relationship with my young children at the time. I wasn't spending nearly as much time with them as I should. And when I was, I wasn't present. And my physical health was in the worst it's, it, it had ever been. And, and so I, 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 and I got to the point where, where I had to start looking for a job. I was scrolling through Craigslist one night when I'm kind of closing down, closing the doors on, on my, my company and thinking like, what's the matter with me? Like, you know, why this wasn't supposed to happen to me. Like I'm, I'm Jim Harshaw. I'm the guy that succeeded, right? I had another business prior to that that was successful. And, and, uh, you know, I, I succeeded at everything, right? I found a way and I worked hard and I, I, I succeed. I found success. And here I am scrolling past the, the Craigslist ads for unpaid internships, you know, and paper boys. And, um, and I, I, I remember closing my lid on my computer that night and, going upstairs and, and laying next to my wife in bed and thinking to myself, like, I, I'd found success before and and I know how to be successful. Like, how do I replicate that, right? I'm an analytical thinker. So I said, how do I replicate? I said, what were the ingredients that were in my life at the time that allowed me to take failure and turn it into success? And and how do I replicate that into my life now? And so here's here's what I came up with. And this is this. It was a huge breakthrough, and, and it's what I teach people now. And it's and it's an amazing sort of program that I take folks through that takes them from failure, from self doubt, from lack of clarity, lack of understanding what's the next goal for me, what's the right next step for me. I can't do that because you know, look at my past, look at my history. So, so here's here's what I had in my life as as an elite athlete. Number one, there there are four pieces. Number one, I knew what was important to me. Right, I knew what was important to me, and and at the time I, I may not have been able to articulate it as as clearly as I can now in terms of, of core values, but I certainly knew that I wanted to be, I wanted to be like the the national champions and the all Americans that had been my coaches and my mentors and my role models growing up. I wanted to be respected like them. I wanted to live a a disciplined life. And, and I know that most, so many of them have gone on after their competitive careers were over to be successful in, 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 in life. And I said, that's what I want. I want to be, I want to be that guy. Right. And so I knew it was important. And then, then the second piece was this, when I was an athlete, when I was an elite athlete, a high performing athlete, I had, I had these values, right. But I also had my goals that aligned with those values. My goals were tethered to those same values. But what happens in the real world is People have maybe a general idea of what's important to them, right? They kind of have a sense of what their core values is, are, but they don't really have that, that clarity around them. And then their goals, if they have goals, if they even have goals, and they might, everybody has kind of some goals kind of in their sure. mind. They, most yeah. people don't have right now, but, but those goals 
are not connected. They're not they're not connected to the values, right? Those those goals are tethered to uh, they're connected to uh, what's not not what's important to them, but what's important to their mom and dad or society or what media tells them is important or what's parked in their, their neighbor's driveway. <laughs> they're not connected to their own core values. And, but I had that when I was an athlete, and that's what allowed me to overcome failure and setbacks and obstacles and injuries and doubts. And then the third piece is this. I had an, what I call an environment of excellence. And you know, I had coaches who kicked me in the rear end when I needed a kick or, or picked me up when I was down. I had teammates who held me accountable, and I, and I held them accountable. Um, I had, you know, whenever I watched TV, I didn't watch a whole lot of TV, but when I did, I was watching film of the world championships. I was watching film of my competitors, film of myself. I was controlling the media that was going into my mind. And this is before podcasts or anything like that. Right. But I had, uh, I had an audio that uh, a doctor friend of mine had put together that I would listen to when I went to bed at night. And it was sort of, you know, brainwashing myself into believing that I could perform at this high level. And so I had this environment, right. And I, I, pr- I would practice positive self-talk. I had sort of a mantra and certain words I would say to myself before practice and words that I would say to myself before competition. And so I controlled this environment of excellence. But out in the real world, most people don't have that, right? And you look at like a Usain Bolt, like he has this environment, right? But the average person out in the real world, they don't. They don't think about this. They don't think about, okay, first of all, do I have a coach, right? Uh, Second of all, who are the people that I'm spending my time with? Jim Rohn is famous for saying, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. It's not a... It's a half-truth because it's not just those people, which are very important, but also the, the media, what you're listening to, what you want. Can you, you can listen to ESPN radio on your drive to work if you want. That's fine. I used to do it. Or you can listen to Think and Grow Rich, or you can listen to a podcast like yours, or you can do something that's going to make a positive impact. I call the success hot. There's this if anybody's listening, uh, Google the success hotline, Dr. Rob Gilbert. He's left a, a short motivational success message every day. Get this, Mike, since 1992. Every day. Oh, smokes. Day. Crazy, right? So, um, <laughs> so I call it. It's, it's, it's on my, you know, I press the button on my steering wheel and say, call success hotline every morning. And boom, it just calls the success hotline. So this is my environment of excellence, right? So it's just more than the the five people you spend the most time with because, if I'm the average of the five people I spend the most time with, I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm like, a, I'd be a teenage girl because I, I live with my wife, my two daughters, and then two sons. So I think the average of that would be like, like a teenage girl. So, um, so it's more than just the people, right? And then, and then the fourth and final step piece of this is when I was an elite athlete, I had a plan for follow through. And basically that was like, if I failed, it didn't matter. I still had to show up for work the next day, right? So I had to show up for practice the next day because Number one, my coach made me. Uh, number two, it's it's uh, my scholarship depended on it, and, and there were sort of things that, that that tethered me to this, and I had to keep pushing forward. So, so if you think about those four pieces that an elite athlete has in their life, you can replicate that in the real world. Love it. We're talking to Jim Harshot Jr. here on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. We're going to jump out for a quick word from the sponsor and then right back in. We're digging deep. A few years ago, our dealership was losing money in used cars, and we had to make some sort of change. So we jumped on board with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. So every guest that comes into our dealership, it is part of the process. And since then, it's been such a success. The name Kelly Blue Book is huge in our industry. They've been around a long time. With Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer, that is a guaranteed check writer. In my world of being around for almost 30 years in the car business, that's one of the strongest things we have to offer. 
Okay, so you, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the this study, and man, I wish I had the the actual facts in front of me. But it was uh, uh, this this group of scientists who um, had two greenhouses filled with plants. In one, they played nothing but classical music over the loudspeakers, and in the other greenhouse, they played nothing but like death metal. Like death, heavy metal, and, <laughs> right. and I, look, I'm not, I'm not going down a road of judgment here. If that's your jam, that's your jam. I totally get it. I used to be in the music business, so like I get it. Um, but it was interesting, right? They did this for a period of a few weeks. What they found is that giving the same nourishment that a plant would need to sustain life—the water, the light, the you know fertilizer, all those sorts of things—but just changing elements of its atmosphere or its environment, they found that. The, the plants that I guess listened to or were exposed to the energy of classical music thrived and grew. And those that were exposed to the, uh, the energy of the heavy death metal music were whittling away and dying. And this kind of reminds me of what you're saying here because, you, you know, I firmly believe environment is is so crucial you need to have a you need to be exposed to an atmosphere an environment an ecosystem that encourages your growth and what i love about what you're saying here is you're you're saying but but you can control that environment it all stems from a choice is what it sounds like like i choose to only allow certain things and i think about the millions and millions and millions of people who's behavioral pattern is to wake up and look at Facebook immediately in the morning. And then the end, and then they roll out of bed, eyes sagging down to their cheeks going, man, it's going to be one of those days. And then they show up to the bar after work, grab a drink and they go, man, it was one of those days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's great. And man, my life sucks. My job sucks. My, you know, like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to like, what's my deal? Like, but, but I think somewhere in the back of their minds, they're saying, but is like, can I not have more? Can I not be better? Can I not? And, and so do you think it's that scenario of I'm standing in the middle of a really messy room and I just don't know where to start cleaning up? Yeah. I mean, for, for that person, it's like, you know, your, your attitude sucks and your routines suck. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is. So it's interesting you say that, like standing, it's like, it's a great sort of image, a great analogy, like standing in the middle of a messy room and like, where do I start? You know, where do I start? And, and that's, that's actually where I start with people. Whenever I'm coaching people, I start with like the, the concrete things. What can we take action on right now? Because most of the people don't, they go, okay, they're standing there in that dirty room. They're going, where do I even start? Well, it's like, okay, first let's identify where you want to get to, right? What's, what's the end goal? Uh, and, and, and before that even really, you know, what's important to me, right? I mean, what's important to me? So do I, do I start cleaning up this or, or do I, do I start cleaning up over here or do I start cleaning up over there? Like, like what's most important? Cause some of this stuff doesn't need to be cleaned up. Cause it's just stuff we spend our time on, but it's just, it's like, it, we don't need to like ignore that, forget that, drop that. Don't even work on that. Don't even, <clears throat> don't even <clears throat> deal with that. Cause that stuff's not important, but, but this is what's important. You know, for me, like, like my core values are faith, family, fit and fun. 
and fit. So it's actually five because fit it has two meanings for me. For for me, it's like fit means fitness, but also means uh, having an occupation that that fits my my interests and my passions. And and so when I when I do that, I, I know what to say yes to, and I know what to say no to. And that's that's what most people struggle with. Like. Everybody, Mike, everybody, everybody says there's not enough time in the day. Everybody wants more time. And, and I get that. I want that too. But, but you, you, you start to come back into balance whenever you know what your core values are. And then you build goals on top of those core values. Then you go, okay, so – and then, and then you, you know, go take a step further to the environment of excellence is you start going, okay, there's a million things that I could be spending my time on looking at Facebook first thing in the morning, right? Or – I could do instead of looking at Facebook is, is I could stretch, I could do some push-ups, or I could, I could, uh, you know, drink a glass of water or, or just leave the stupid phone off for a little bit, for a little while. But I, you know, I could develop a, a better morning routine to start my day off right. So yeah, I think a lot of people don't even, don't even know where to start. Um, and that's where, you know, the, the, the single, the single most common habit of, of the, uber high achieving guests that I've had on my podcast who are very similar to yours, they, they, I asked them, you know, what's, what's one thing that you do that sets you apart? And it's always some form of pause. It's like, uh, they, they meditate or they plan or they write down their goals every day, or they have a coach that they work with, uh, or prayer or, or whatever the case might be. So it's this form of pause. It's this form of getting on the treadmill of life and and thinking and planning as opposed to stop doing and start thinking and then and then do because because what usually ha- what happens is most people they're going to do the same thing tomorrow because that's what they did today and they only did it today because that's what they did yesterday and they never adjust that right so so I've given this 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 form of pause I've given a, a term and a coin to term and a definition so I call it the productive pause and it's a short period of focused reflection around specific questions that leads to clarity of action and peace of mind because that goes back to your analogy of, of standing in a, in a messy room like we all want clarity of action like what do I do okay I'm here What's next? We all want that clarity of action and the peace of mind. I, you know, I'm smiling as you're saying this because, I, you know, I, I like you, I'm a bit of an, an analytical thinker and I'm just kind of tearing this apart and, and I'm taking notes here. And, you, you know, as you're saying, okay, one thing that sets these uber successful people apart is this form of pause, this, this time they give themselves to think, to meditate, to, you know, pray, you know, whatever it is. And then I I start writing down naturally, Oh, there's a common string here and it's almost common sense. Think and grow rich. The power of positive thinking, you know, quote, whatever the mind of man can conceive, think and believe it can achieve. And so like, I'm, I'm, Seeing, you know, I'm going to, I need a whiteboard now. I'm going to start drawing, you know, the connections (laughs) here. But I I think, isn't that interesting? You know, all all of these books, all of this material, what you're saying all comes back to, hey, you need to think in and of yourself. Where do you want to go? Does it map to your core values, which require thinking? And 
beyond that, do you actually see how everything fits in in your life? Which is, a, again, another form of like, you, you know, I think sometimes we underestimate the power of thinking, the power of thought, the power of, I guess, like premeditating where we're going to go. Right. And also I, acknowledging like how simple it would be. And I mean, these are conclusions I've made of myself in my own journey, but you know, whenever I meet somebody that says, man, I'm so afraid to fail. Um, and therefore I take no action because that seems easier than the failure because failure requires change. And I'm afraid to change because it's that one thing that everyone's going to see. And that's all awkward and everything. And, you know, that sort of thing. And, I, and and when I think about it, it's like, but hold on a second. What if you just factored failure into your roadmap? Yeah. Now, I'll, okay, what if? Map it out. What if? Then what? Like, there's always there's always an option. There's always a solution. But I love what you're saying because I think people just hit these roadblocks. It's like getting hit by a Pepsi truck. Because they haven't thought through it. They, they don't, they don't think enough. They don't, like you said, give themselves, uh, pr- pr- the, the productive, the productive, productive thinking, pause. the productive yeah, right. pause, right? And so I love, I love this. It's so powerful. Those of you listening and watching, I mean, really think, here I go, really think about this, <laughs> right? Take a pause. You're sitting at your desk right now. You're driving to work. You're, you're, you're on the treadmill right now listening to this. Take, take a moment and really think about what's being said here. Think about how it's the one thing that every successful person that, uh, Jim, like you've said, you've had on your show, that I've had on my show, that you believe, that I believe. It's this one thing that we all have in common. It's not that we knew our destination right out of the gates. It's that we give ourselves enough time to think about that destination and how our actions and our behavior can map to it. Yeah. Amen. Well said. And the one good the one thing, thing I'm that, recording that because I have no clue what just came. <laughs> yeah, you could just black out and just kind of spout that. That was good. <laughs> so, and one thing I want to caution listener because listener might be saying, "Yeah, but sometimes I think too much and I don't take action." So that's not what we're talking. We're talking about we're talking about asking specific questions. So ask yourself, for, for example, if you're again whether you're commuting to work or on the treadmill or whatever the case may be, ask yourself what have I done in the past that's worked? That's just one question you can ask yourself. What have I done in the past that's worked that I'm not doing now? Because a lot of times we're looking for that shiny object, right? We're looking for that next thing, right? But it's like, wait a second. What's worked in the past that I can do now that, I ha- that I'm not doing right now that I kind of forgot about? Or, or ask yourself, what's the, what's the, Tim Ferriss calls it the lead domino. What's the, what's the one task that I can do now that will make others either easier or other tasks obsolete that I don't have to do. What's the one thing? If you figure that out, what's the one thing? If you figure that out, will make everything else either easier or, or the tasks you have to do to accomplish those things obsolete. You know, or ask yourself like, what's the 80, 20 here? Like what's the 20% that gives me the 80, you know, the, the, the bulk of my results. So the 10% that gives me the, the bulk of my results. Those are simple questions and then ask yourself those and then take action and then start doing, start moving, start doing, but hit the pause button. Not for long. I mean, once a year I hit the pause button for 
I don't know, a few hours really and plan my goals and plan my, my life. And, and, and then I, once a month I review those goals and then once a week I'm planning my week. And then once a day I kind of review for the next day and kind of structure my next day. So there's these sort of regular productive pauses that when you ask yourself the right questions, it brings you clarity of action and peace of mind. How, um, how, I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this, but like how how important is rest in this whole equation? Yeah, I, well, well, and let me give you some but before I force you into an answer. I mean, let, yeah. here's the the, the context, right? That, like, I mean, I, there's so many people today that say hustle, 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 10x, 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 100% be obsessed, go crazy, go this, that, and the next thing. On the flip side of that coin, I mean, I have a, a relative who is a very, very successful business person. He lives in Portugal. He's got homes in the States and in Europe. and all. He, he's actually the one. He is the one and only who designs like the Congressional Medal of Honor and like the presidential medals. And like, he's the one that oh. actually, they don't trust it to anybody else. And he's made a huge career. I mean, gold medals for the Olympics and like all that kind of stuff. Wow. But you know, he, he was here visiting us once and, and he just said, look, I see where your business is going. I see that success is eminent. Just understand that if you don't rest and if you don't take time for your family, you're going to lose it all like I did. And so here he sits, wow. lost his kids, don't want contact with him, lost his wow. spouse, doesn't, you know, divorced. Um, like everything that when you, when you pause realize is important to you, he lost because he, he chose to go 100% in this direction mm -hmm. at the, at the, and so, you know, for me, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that see the tip of the iceberg above the water which is 10x hustle, 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 hustle. And they forget that guys like Gary Vee and stuff also say, but I get seven hours of sleep consistently every night. Or you have guys mm -hmm. like Grant Cardone who's like, dude, I take naps during the day. Or and, and so they just see that hustle part. Like, oh man, if I'm not working at two in the morning, then I'm not a real business person. Or I'm not going to achieve my definition of success. So I, you know, I turn this to you. What's your take on this? How does, how does rest, how does all of that fit into this equation? Ah, uh, man, it's, it's, it's important in, in this way. When you understand what your core values are, Mike, when you understand what's important, first of all, you start saying yes to the right things, right? And you, so you have more energy. You just have, you have fewer things that are stealing your time. You know, if you're, if you're listening to, let's say the success hotline or, or a podcast in the morning on your commute to work, then whenever you operate throughout your life, you're, you're more motivated, you have more energy, more, you're more excited, you're more passionate, you're more successful, things go better, right? So then you don't have to work as long, right? You don't have to stay the extra hour or two hours at work, right? Because, because you're, you're more effective, you become a more effective human being, right? When you, when you understand that health, which is one of the areas where I work on with people on setting goals, it's one of the goals you have to set in my program whether your goal is to make a million dollars or fix your relationship or whatever health is part of it because if you're eating right and exercising then you're also being more effective right at work you're more productive you're you're more present when you're with your your kids um you're 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 a more effective person right so so how does how does rest build into this 
every time you say yes to one thing, it means you're saying no to something else, right? So when you're cutting out the things that you don't need to do that, that are not important, then that gives you time to, to rest. And rest might just mean sitting on the floor playing Legos with your kid, right? Instead of on the phone, hammering the phones. Um, rest might mean meditation in the morning, which has become one of, part of one of my morning routines is, is meditation. It's stopping. And, and the, the one guide to meditation that I listen to, I love the part where it says, now still your mind, still your mind. And it's like the only time of the day my mind is still. And, and I just picture my mind vibrating in my head and then, it, and then it's just going still. Right. And it's a good, like, I love that part of it, you know? And, and so that's a form of rest. Um, and then the amount of sleep you get. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that's part of it too. That's, that's part of your health. That's part of your well-being. That's part of you being productive. And the productive pause, whether it's sleeping or planning your goals, it's all about being more effective. You actually get more done because you hit the pause button. It doesn't take you longer to do something. It takes you less time to do something because, because you stopped, because you paused, because you rested, you took a break, and you zoomed out. I love it, man. I could, I've got questions for days, but I'm not going to do that to you. (laughs) Um, Man, thanks so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook podcast. How can uh, the listener or viewer get in touch with you? Yeah. Well, you know, obviously I could have this conversation for days too, because I know you have a lot of great input. You've talked (laughs) a lot about it. So much so you built a whole business around it. Yeah, so much I built the whole business. So, so if people do, you know, for the listener, if you have more questions, if you want to jump on a quick phone call, we can do a, I call it a free strategy call. We can jump on a clarity call, help you figure out what the right next step is for you. It's not a sales call. Um, people like to to do this. They they get a they you know some people like to sign up for me. You know, be a coaching client afterward. That's great. If not, it doesn't matter. I'm living out my passion, my purpose when I have these calls. I thoroughly enjoy doing them. So just go to Jim Harshaw Jr. So it's Jim Harshaw Jr. at uh, uh, .com. Uh, so Jim Harshaw Jr. com slash apply and uh, we can jump on a free call. You can follow me. Twitter's Jim Harshaw. Instagram is Jim Harshaw Jr. Uh, you can find my podcast Success Through Failure on iTunes and wherever podcasts are sold. <laughs> Love it, man. And definitely go check that out. We're going to link it up in the show notes over at thedealerplaybook.com. Man, thanks so much for joining me. Mike, thanks for having me.